Smooth strings and choruses, sophisticated background vocals, and smooth tempos. These are the definitive qualities of the Nashville sound, a type of country music that emerged in the mid-1950s. The subgenre moved away from country's honky-tonk music element, an attempt to improve the sales of country music, which had taken a hit due to the increasing popularity of rock and roll. Spearheading the Nashville sound was producer, musician, and record label manager Chet Atkins, along with producers Steve Scholes, Owen Bradley, and Bob Ferguson, and recording engineer Bill Porter. Their efforts were a massive success, so much so that a pushback to the Nashville sound would arise in the 70s under the subgenre of Outlaw Country. Before Outlaw Country swept the nation with its return to country's honky-tonk roots, Atkins and the RCA Victor crew were producing hit after hit in the 50s and 60s, in 1962, Atkins produced a song written by composer Arthur Kent and lyricist Sylvia D. The song was inspired by the death of Dee's father. Singing on the track was Skeeter Davis, who was still in the early phase of her solo career after performing with her sister as the Davis Sisters. The Kent and Dee written song proved to be a massive success for Davis. The single dropped near the end of 1962 and hit number two on the Billboard Hot 100, number two on the Billboard Hot Country Singles Chart, number four on the Billboard R&B Singles Chart, and number one on the Billboard Easy Listening Chart. This marks the first and only time a song has cracked the top ten on all four Billboard charts. The song remains popular today, turning up in TV series such as Mad Men and Lost, movies like Girl Interrupted and Mother, and even in the hit post-apocalyptic RPG, Fallout 4. That's right, we're talking The End of the World by Skeeter Davis on Cover Me. Don't they know it's the end of the world Cause you don't love me anymore Why do the birds... That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares popular songs to their many cover versions to find out which one goes on singing. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my understandable co-host... Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. Clear and understandable Clear as always. How are you? speaking understandably. I am doing well. I don't know if that's actually well, well, easier well, to understand. Well, well. <laughs> um, Just very slow. Be, I think if, if, if somebody was learning English, it would be uh, a boon. Enunciating. Enunciating the words. Um, yeah. I could, you should see if Duolingo needs some speakers for their, their English courses. Hello. I am an owl. Yeah, that's probably a sentence they would have you translate. Je suis Alex. Now you've moved into a different language, but I guess <laughs> English does a bit of that as well. Alex, we're talking about... The End of the World, by sung by Skeeter Davis, written by some other people. We are talking about The End of the World. Yeah, this was your suggestion. My question to you, Alex, is, is everything okay? Is everything okay? Everything's fine. <laughs> I, I, like, honestly, um, this song came up, there's not even really a story. We were talking about um, Sharon Van Etten a couple weeks ago. And I That's just right. well, she was on looked the up Velvet Underground and Nico. some of her music. She has a cover of this song. And I was like, fuck, I know this song from somewhere. Where do I know it from? And I couldn't remember until like the other day when I was like, oh, yeah, it's just in Fallout 4. Like, it's just on the radio in that, in that video game. Yeah. Like, I just forgot. I just forgot that, too, because you presented it to me. And I was like, oh, fuck, I do know this from somewhere. And then I, yeah, like, Googled it on Wikipedia. I was like, in Fallout 4. I was like, oh, it's 
underwhelming, but understandable. That's obviously where I would hear this. Yeah. So this secretly was a video game music episode. Didn't know that going uh, in. And we forgot to get John on, but... Yeah, shit. What are you going to do? Well, I don't know if John's a big Fallout guy. He prefers the, the Elder Scrolls series of Bethesda RPGs. But, like, I didn't even play Fallout 4 that much. Like, I yeah, wanted to. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that seems like a game you probably didn't play that much. <laughs> and it kind of came out at the wrong time. Like, I was doing two things. School, one. Mm-hmm. School was happening. That was, like, my third year, I think, of, uh, of uh, university. And uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. I was playing that instead. Which also yeah, has a bunch of music a- in it. And I just never, I just never made it around to playing much Fallout Four, like a little bit. But then, kind of by the time I maybe would have, a lot of, I had read a lot of like negative things about it, and and uh, I just never made it back. Even though like my brother played it a ton, but I never got into like this the town building and and stuff. Yeah, I would just throw on podcasts and then be like, well, I guess I'll just build a town while I listen to, you know, like, whatever. And then two hours would pass by, I'd be like, I hate this little town. <laughs> <laughs> How did this it. happen? How did it get so bad? How did it get so bad? That, yeah, Fallout 4 End was one world. that was like, upon release, people were like, oh, it's crazy, it's so good. But then, I don't know if we all just expect too much from games or if the 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 hardcore Fallout community just became more outspoken over the course of it, but people do seem to shit on it a lot more these days. Yeah, it's interesting. I have opinions about Fallout Four, which is weird because I didn't actually play it that much. Um, but but it's really only very tangentially connected to this song. That's true. Uh, yeah, it just plays on the radio. That's it. Yeah. Um, this song. Hey, that's produced like, by Chet Atkins. Yeah, that's up. that's like the other. That's like my connection to the song. That's pretty much it. Like looking it up, it's a. It was like you said, pretty popular at the time. Um, it made t- what is it top ten on four different Billboard charts, and there are yeah. only four Billboard charts, or we're only like or, I, I suppose we're only four at that time would be my understanding. Yeah, because there's like a billion Billboard charts, but like it's been covered so much. Like if you like, oh yeah, like there were something like two hundred covers on. Um, just on like secondhand songs listing them, and usually there's more than are listed. Oh yeah, definitely. And there's it's ranked as the number two song of 1963. Um, it's a lot of musicians cited as a big influence on their own music. So it's like it's a big piece here. And apparently, Man. it's sampled in Cash Still Rules, Scary Hours, Still Don't Nothing Move But the Money by Wu Tang Clan. But I listened to that mm. song and I didn't hear the sample unless it's the thing that repeats in the background but it's like a very small part of the song that could be it that's maybe how they got uh, it was probably i don't know what what time it was in the sampling era but you know you choose a less recognizable part yeah it might might slide by a little easier true if no one notices you can get away with it you can get away with it that's the number one rule of crime and the number one rule of mine um my second rule, talking about lyrics. Gotta do it. That's, that's rule number two, baby. Um, Alex, you ready, you ready to talk about it? Let's be honest, these are real easy. They are. Um, I mean, I can summarize. Well, yeah. 
I summarize think. it. Because yeah. really, what this song is about is it's like one big metaphor. Um, or is it a metaphor? I guess so. It's it's about a breakup, and and the the sentiment of the song is the narrator saying, "It feels like the world is over," but then mm-hmm. it's only for her. The world is over, and no one else feels that way. So she's questioning yeah. why everyone else is living normally when clearly, obviously, to her anyway, uh, the world is ended. Yeah, because uh, her 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 baby has gone away, has broken up with her. She said, "Yeah, that's the good summary." Um, let's let's dive into these verses a yeah. little bit. Why does the sun go on shining? Why does the sea rush to shore? Don't they know it's the end of the world? Because you don't love me anymore. Like that really summarizes it. It's like, oh, why is it the end of the world? Because of this. Ah, that's what's going on in this song. Yeah, Nailed it's. It. I'm trying to think. I can't remember another example, but like, it's an older style of song that maybe we don't see as much anymore. But it's like we've got like four verses where we're really just kind of saying the same thing in different ways. Like it's expressing one sentiment multiple yeah, times. Yeah, it really is multiple times. Um, like, yeah. uh, what a wonderful world. Oh, that's another one. Don't know much about history. Right. Don't know much about this. <laughs> Don't know much about this. Um, but yeah, it's similar. I mean, going into the second verse, why do the birds go on singing? Why do the stars glow above? Don't they know it's the end of the world? Like, they might as well just not, because everything is, is over, obviously, because mm-hmm. uh, don't they know it's the end of the world? It ended when I lost your love. Um, I mean, it's sort of, we get like the refrain style endings. All the endings are very similar, but not quite the same. Yeah, because you don't love me anymore. Yeah. It ended when I lost your love. Uh, the other one is it ended when you said goodbye. Uh, the bridge, slightly different, but you're, you're right. Again, like same concept. I wake up in the morning and I wonder why everything's the same as it was. I can't understand. No, I can't understand how life goes on the way it does. So again, like if the, the first two verses were too obscure for her, she, for you, she's like, Here, spell it out. Life can, life is continuing despite the fact that it feels that my life has ended and I don't understand it. And there you go. It's, it's about feeling isolated and, and, and wondering why you have to go through this experience when no one else can seem to relate to it. Yeah. What I do like though is in, so in the first, three verses we're talking most about external stuff we're talking about why does the sun go on shining the sea the birds the stars we come to verse four it becomes internal she's she's betrayed by her own body why does my heart go on beating why do these eyes of mine cry don't they know it's the end of the world yeah and if it's the end of the world and everything is done then like she wouldn't have to feel this way anymore sort of thing perhaps that's right so there's almost some wishful thinking in there like oh why is she still alive shut it down very sad but also, like, it is sad. I mean, in the first verse, talking about the sun and the sea, like, if the world ended, unless, you know, it legitimately, like, the earth was no more for whatever reason, like, it blew up. Mm-hmm. Like, if the world ended, and usually what we mean is, is like, human civilization is over. Right. Those things would still happen. That's true. The sun would still shine. The sea would still rush to shore. Is that, what does that even, what does that mean, the sea? Is that just like waves? Yeah, it's just waves, baby. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Like, that would still happen. 
Even if they're... And the stars would glow. That's the second verse. Regardless, yeah. even, yeah, no Earth, doesn't matter. Stars are going to keep glowing. Sun, too, I guess, same thing. She doubles up. Yeah, what so I'm it, saying is it makes, this, this pop song doesn't make sense, and that's obscene. That is obscene. Well, it makes sense because it's like, uh, it also, it, it speaks to our human nature to think we're the most important thing, right? Right, how if could I anything else If I have been shattered against? by a loss, how can the world, made for me the yeah. protagonist of life, carry on if i close my eyes how can things go on to exist beyond that exactly. <laughs> it's it's an object permanence issue have you seen that image where this it's like a mother and the baby and she's like stop crying and he's like stop dematerializing <laughs> like a coward <laughs> no i have not it's a pretty good image made me laugh but yeah i have messed with puppies sometimes and they think i don't exist anymore and then you pop out of nowhere and they're like oh shit you're back what a life to live like that where it's like wow that guy's gone he'll never come back (laughs) then you come back and then you can get excited about Um, it yeah and that's what this song is about but not really this song is just about being very sad and wondering why why you have to go through it on. on your own yeah it's quite melancholy um and then it repeats that that third verse genius calls it verse one two four and five but we all know what what it is we all know we all know it's one two three and four yeah yeah fuckers um yeah and so that's the song it's about being sad and wondering why anything should go on if you're sad um hey we've all been there right we've all been sad we've all been sad you know, yeah, I'm, not. I've never had a breakup like this though. Or I'm usually the breaker upper. So fair enough. Um, I'm playing like meatloaf, bad out of hell. I'm bad like, out of- <laughs> I'm a hard ass. I'm tough. I'm a bad boy. T- tough bad. I mean, <laughs> we all know you're a tough bad boy. Um, yeah, breakups are sad. Even I know that. Even Alex knows Even that. Even I know that breakups are sad, or they can be. I guess. Usually they are, you know. It's like <laughs> Alex. It sounds like you had a very joyous breakup. It was. It was sad. I swear. Um, sad, like putting a dog down, though. Kind of sad. I've like, never. I've never put a dog down. Uh, <laughs> okay, yet. Alex. But have you seen Old Yeller? I haven't seen Old Yeller. No. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, I know what happens in Old Yeller. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... Oh. Yeah, I think putting a dog down would probably Let's... be more sad. <laughs> I do. Probably. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's that's a very sad thing. Let's talk about other sad. What else is a sad let's, thing? Let's talk about this this simple. There's too little to talk about here. Alex is the trouble. <laughs> it and is you very simple. The fallout conversation. So we're we're on track. This we train's on the rails. More. <laughs> Where were you when you saw your first Brad Roach? Um, in a basement. Let's talk about Rad Roaches. I got roaches that aren't so rad in, in this apartment. I thought you were gonna get a guy out. Yeah, I think the guy just got him in yesterday. Cause, but they they kept promising guys, and guys never showed up. And they're still around, like Roach wise. Yeah, Roach. Oh yeah. Well, even he's he's done the stuff, but they gotta like come and eat it. Oh, they gotta like, die. They still have kids, to so actually like, spend the time kids, to die. I brought, I brought dinner home. And then it they does, all die. Yeah, we had to. We had ants. We had to put out the ant traps. But like, it takes a bit. Mm. 
before they find them. And they're like, shit, we found some food. Let's bring this back home. And then they um, all die and don't show up again. Good. Fuck them. Which is great, because then you don't have to kill ants on your counter constantly. I know, dog. I just have a big fear of, of cockroaches getting into my PlayStation 5. Oh, that wouldn't be nice. That wouldn't be nice. You remember all those those images back in the PlayStation 3 era where it's like, here's a PlayStation 3 full of fucking roaches. That sounds terrifying, but I don't, I don't think I ever saw that. Oh, man. There was a lot of them, and I was like, well... Life's good. It would certainly make it difficult to play Fallout 3 on the PlayStation 3. Was Fallout 4 on the P... No, it wasn't. No way. No, it was on the PS4. On PS3, no. Um, but here's what's up, Alex. Pianos? Pianos. Arpeggios. Yes. Strings? In the fucking mix. Doing string things. Singing? It's happening. There's like some, ca- some guitar chords, too. It's kind of like a lazy cowboy thing. Um, I assume this came first and we associate it with cowboys because this is the like Nashville thing. The Nashville sound. These cowboys just like herd cattle. They don't necessarily play guitars in real life. No, get in the way of herding cattle. Yeah, it's kind of difficult to do both at the same time. Cows, as far as I know, don't really respond to music. No, I don't think so. I'm, I mean, I don't want to speculate. Do. But maybe. Maybe to some degree. Uh, loud sounds. I think they produce more milk. Oh, that's right. Play them like Bach or something. Yeah, you play Bach and they, they start knocking the milk out. Um, the other thing about this song, I thought it was in six eighths time. I looked up some sheet music. It said it was in 12 eighths, but I'm not actually mm. sure if there's a. Like, I don't really know what the appreciable difference is between those things. Well, it would just be that, like. Like, what I do you know think the difference. Two measures is yeah, actually exactly. one, right? But, like. In terms of feeling, does it feel different? Like right. it's does written it feel different, different, kind of. But does it feel different? Uh, I wouldn't know what to look for or what to listen for or what to feel. Yeah, for. I don't know. Maybe it just reads different from like a like a playing it perspective. Maybe. Maybe I just find I just think it's like harder to count because you have to count well, up to you twelve. Count all the way to fucking twelve. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six. Fine. And then once you hit seven. Now you've got a two-syllable word. So anything more yeah. than six becomes much more difficult to count because it's two syllables. In my opinion. Especially when, it, when it's eighths is the base? Come on, man. And then, yeah, I don't know. Anything more than that? Like, you're okay. Like, 11? Too many. How many syllables is that? Way too many. Too many. But anyway, um, so that's the time signature of this song. And I kind of thought that the rhythm didn't matter that much, but it actually in- informs the feel quite a bit, I think. We-, we notice it, I think, more in some of the later versions. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just, like, different enough from what we're used to, which is 4-4. Right. That, yeah, it's just a little different feeling. You know, you feel it more in threes, or I do. Oh yeah, typically that's that's what they call like dun, common dun, dun, measures dun, dun, or something, dun, dun, right? Dun, dun. Um, maybe I don't really know that term. I don't know. I've been reading a music theory for dumbasses book, and Ooh, that's fun. Common measure. I know like two more things. Common me- It's I don't think it's common measure. Common time. Common measure the noise. Uh, yeah, common time is four four, isn't it? Four four. Common meter is the thing. Um, Poetic meter consisting of four lines that alternate between iambic tetrameter and iambic. Tram- All right, man, let's keep this on track wow. here. Is there a flute in this? Is. is there a flute in this? Maybe. 
I actually wasn't sure. The, the other weird thing about this song is um, it's, it's kind of old, right? Yes. And the sounds kind of blend together quite a bit. Sure, yeah. That's what I found. So like I agree to that with So that. like at times it seems like there's a there's a flute, but also like I think there's horns later on, but they're also very like soft and maybe far away and maybe just strings. Yeah, I did hear I was like, oh that's horns, and then I was like, no wait, that's strings. Yeah, but then like I had that thought but process. they do like horn stuff. Yeah, like, it's that Yeah, exactly. Like that the threes, the three blasts. Yeah. So it sounds like it should be horns, but then it kind of morphs into strings. It does horn sounds, and then it kind of sounds the same, but then it does string stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of odd, but I think I, th- I think it's horns and strings. I think that's what's happening. I, I'll agree to that. I, I think they'd be able to bring that into the studio. I mean, I would hope um, so. Now, like, there, the only big like difference in in like what happens in this song is the "I wake up in the morning and I wonder." Uh, verse, the third verse, sometimes called the bridge. Yes, the bridge switches it up. This is That's where we, we, we get, get that some country twang, guitar man. in there, too. That's that lap steel, pedal steel. Yeah. That is, and it like slides. I mean, that's such a classic country sound. That's a that classic country yeah. sound. Um, and it, you really get to focus on it, too, because a lot of the other stuff, like the piano, is still playing chords, but it's not doing its like arpeggio. Yeah, anymore? that's like the only part part that that drops yeah. out because otherwise it's pretty constant. It is. You still get the drums, and I mean, I assume there's a bass, but yeah, it's just hitting like a doom. Yeah, boom. Pretty doom. basic, but the, it's a very like slow ballad, so you're not. I mean, it's not crazy music. Yeah. Um. There's a, also there's like a whistling sound. This is like third verse. Uh huh. But I wasn't sure if it was just someone whistling. Like, briefly? Right, so third verse, you mean, like, the bridge verse? No, I mean the... Or, no, okay. Okay, right. Yeah, why like, is my so heart going verse. beating? Why does my heart go on beating? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, that one. The first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it goes, it like, like, up. Yeah. So it might, maybe it's like a slide whistle? I don't know. Yeah, Something's I would whistling. attribute it to an instrument but it, of course like you mentioned the recording quality it could be just about anything <laughs> yeah it does have a way of just blending things together it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird thing strange thing but yeah that does come into the mix and then of course we get the uh, it's a singing the, saw uh, fuck I just no. learned the term for this the, the, the parlanto or something the, the speaking sort of segment the spoken word section yeah I didn't look up yeah. a fancy word for it I just called it spoken word section but there's a fancy there's like yeah, an Italian word for it or something yeah it's like an Italian word for it uh, yeah that's fun it's that's Italians, like man. I mean music. that's also something that you hear a couple times in like fallout soundtracks because uh, what's the other yeah. one yeah uh, like, the like predecessor to the rap breakdown. Um, yeah. uh, I don't want to set the world on fire. Is the other. I don't one want to set it. the There's world on fire. There's a bunch of other ones that have yeah. it too. Where it's just like those old songs where they're like, "Let's much. do a spoken word part." That's kind of the lyrics, but kind of not. This one's Damn. pretty quick though, um, and it has a little trick because uh, during that part, the strings keep playing the vocal melody, even though she's not singing it anymore. Right. So it's still there, just a little bit. That's right. Um, and there's and harmonies there, too. Her. Right? Like, there's yeah, there humming. Um, humming. And then she just vocals. talks. 
But she does, she still sings the second part, the, like, refrain. Yeah. And then we kind of break it all down for the, the final, it ended when you said goodbye. Yeah, just kind and of the, a nice ending. Yeah, carries us out with a little, little strings, a little piano. I'm almost surprised that she doesn't say goodbye a second time. I'm actually surprised like, that nobody does it. that. Yeah. It ended when you said goodbye. Goodbye. That's how I would do it, because I'm a hack. But apparently... Yeah, maybe. Well, no one, well, maybe that means you're not a hack? Cause no maybe because nobody did. else did it. Like, you got I think it's been played out, thing. though. Probably, but not by these people. Also, there's like 200 yeah. covers, so maybe one person did it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Um, but that's the song. Very sad. Hits yes. your gut. Yeah, it's very like melancholy sound. And mm-hmm. it sounds, I thought, melancholy and also like resigned. It's like there's nothing yeah. that can be done because the world's over, right? You can't do anything about it. That's a major disaster. Yeah, it's, it's done. So, Pack it up, everyone. Yeah. It's a, it's a sad, Somebody shut these birds song. up. The world's over. <laughs> Fucking birds keep singing. Don't they know? Don't they know the world's over? Read a fucking newspaper, birds. Ah. Birds. Um, speaking of news, we've got informed. a bunch of covers to go through. We do have a bunch of covers. You re- ready to jump into Herman's Hermits? Let's talk about double H. Don't they know it's the end of the world when you don't love me anymore? We don't call them Double H. 2H. <laughs> um, Herman's Hermits, Alex. Herman's Hermits. This is worse than Puddle's Pity Party. Herman's Hermits. <laughs> Herman's Hermits. Uh, the beat rock and pop group from England. Part of the British Manchester. Invasion. Um, yeah, old British Invasion era, mid-60s. Uh, they've, I mean, it's the mid-60s, and they're like a pop rock group, so they did a ton of covers. Tons. Um before like the Beatles kicked everyone in the ass and covers maybe became less popular. I don't know if it's actually the Beatles, but I remember there being a quote and I don't remember who said it, but they were mad at the Beatles. They're like, they made it harder for everyone because they released full albums of original material and then that became popular. Right. And then it was like, why would I want to listen to something? <sighs> I don't remember who said that songs. quote. Yeah. Which is like still sometimes a sentiment to this day. Oh, definitely a sentiment um, to this day. And then there's us. We're just we like, just talk about no, covers. Non-stop covers. Everyone loves them. We know. We know just like us. And it's, it is who we are. Um, Alex, do you know much Herman's Hermits? Like, do you know many songs Not that they've really. done? I've heard like, it. I, I know you said it was covers, but. Yeah, I've, I think I've heard a couple think? of their songs, but like on compilations, I've heard them. Um, okay. But, and I've heard the name. Yeah, right? I've like, heard the name more than I've heard their it's music. Like, I've heard like Herman's Hermits and like Jerry and the Pacemakers and like old school groups that just have like silly names. Like Paul Revere Jerry and the Raiders. And the Pacemakers. And... What a name. It? Yeah, D- I know Doug Mrs. Brown you've got a lovely daughter by Herman's Hermits. Yeah, I, I think that's I it. Something. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> um, 1965 though, so we're about Two to three years after the original. The original released at the end of 1962, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. closer to two years. Um, and baby, are they doing a cover of this? It's, they sure are. This one was... I had some hope for it a little bit, because it got kind of exciting in that bridge. 
briefly. Drums. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it it's it almost sounds a little awkward. They they speed it up. They pick up the pace. Mm-hmm. And then like just for a bit though, and then slow it right back down again. Like yeah. it doesn't last for very long. Um it, it yeah, it just kind of it's weird too. I don't know, it, it's like lurching. I I don't really understand what they were going for. Yeah, it's almost like like grasping for punk when there was no understanding of punk in the popular music realm. Yeah, like they're trying to do something. Like there's a version of this where you could start out soft and slow and then get mad. Yeah, and then like double time at the at the bridge or something. Yeah, Uh, but they and they kind of do for like a second, but by the time they get into the lyrics, it's slow again. Yeah, and the drums are kind of weird on this one too. I I don't know if. They feel very like tense. Twelve eighths timing. Yeah, this. I I thought like the way they're playing. I I don't really know what's going on. Like I don't know enough about playing drums, but they sound odd and possibly a little fat. Like like they kind of play the bump ta 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 the like triplets ta ta ta, and it feels like like it comes in like a fraction of a beat later than I would expect, which is like fine to play around with meter like that. But it, it, it's a very strange thing to do in, in like this song, I think. Yeah. It, it almost reeks of the move where you're like, well, there's not much drums in the original. And they hit like two notes. We can kind of do whatever we want. It's like the drummer fiddling around almost. It's like, <laughs> well, I can do this here. And you're like, you're like yeah, I guess. Good enough. We'll <laughs> use that take. Uh, uh, overall, it's also more like of a rock band setup because we're going from the sort of orchestrated, arranged version before, or at least like played by a band with mm-hmm. strings and horns and stuff. And now this is a guitar based rock and roll band. So we're, we've replaced the strings, replaced the piano, and now it's guitar and bass. Yeah. Arpeggios are on guitar. All that kind of stuff. Um, they do some like decent backup vocals. They do more backup vocals, I think. Yeah, they do. Like pretty much right off the bat, there's a lot of ooze and and that in the mix. Yeah, and the guitar sound I thought was interesting. It had this real like fade in, fade out sound to it. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like at the beginning, it would kind of fade into its thing and then fade out. It's- I don't know exactly that's this, if that's that just a volume of like thing. That kind of sums up this version. Is yeah. It's approaching something interesting without ever becoming something interesting. Yeah, there's some interesting elements, but it kind of it, it just kind of ends up sounding a bit awkward and like it didn't quite make it. Yeah, it's, it's like very clear to me why we know the Beatles and not Herman's Hermits. Not Herman's you know? Hermits. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, that's all the big moments in this, really. There's a, there is a guitar solo instead of the spoken word section, but the solo is really just the vocal melody. Yes, it just kind of replaces the verse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, De- yeah doesn't quite make it. But, yeah. some, some ideas, for sure. Hey, yeah, I th- I, I'll say this, I think it's more exciting than our next cover ten years later in 1975, <laughs> 19- The Carpenters. Don't it's the end of the world Cause you don't love me anymore 
the Carpenters or just Carpenters? No, I'm not going to worry. Yeah, about for that. some reason on on Spotify, it's always Carpenters. Um, but then when I like yeah. Google it, it's the Carpenters. Yeah, that, it's like it's like Eagles. It's like Talking Heads. For some right. reason, they don't want to put they're, a they're, definite article. They're siblings, right? So it's just they like, are the Carpenters. Like, oh, yeah, there's Carpenters over there. Yeah, Richard like, and Karen Carpenter. There's the Carpenters. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's the Mildenbergers. But yes, the Carpenters. We talked about the Carpenters pretty recently. Uh, we talked yes, we about did. them when uh, for Ticket to Ride. It was their first single. Uh, this is oh, later in their right. career. And now this is like their third album or something. The Carpenters were like really, really successful for a while. Yeah, they were. Like not that long, but they they're still like in the like top selling artists. Groups. Oh yeah, they're not, like a household name. They're not like, like five, and not like in the you know number five of all time or anything like that. But they're they're high up, you know, uh, with some mm-hmm. contemporary. Who did I see in the same category as them? Like Journey. Oh yeah, yeah. So and like four, like sense. those guys. Um, so they they sold a lot of records. Um, they're. Richard and Karen Carpenter. Richard generally is known as the pianist and the kind of arranger of the group. Karen sings and uh, apparently also plays drums. Right. She goes for a much more... uh, This sounds like the Herman's Hermit's beat, but just done normally. Without the extra... It's just... Yeah, without the extra little trills and thrills and thrills. It's just... It's like a rock beat, really, but done lightly. Yeah, in like the other time. And it's also, I mean, that's kind of the Carpenters. They're very like soft and gentle. Yeah, they are. It's kind of their, kind of their sound. Yeah, easy listening. Um, and it, oh, it, it goes right into the verse in this one. And Karen, I don't, she says, don't. Weird is didn't, that? Didn't, 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 didn't. didn't. <laughs> she it's sounds like a, 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 yeah. aristocrat man. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, don't they know it's the end of the, the world? world. <laughs> exactly. But like, yeah, this one like pretty fairly straightforward. I mean, there's not yeah, a I mean, ton of yeah, changes. They, like, they change the, the sounds. Yeah, like the arpeggio, it's on an electric piano instead. There's some more like yeah. piano flourishes and stuff. Um, but they also kind of have that more like arranged feeling that we didn't get from mm-hmm. Herman's Hermits. And really, if one of your band members is known as like the arranger, that kind of makes sense. This song really plays into that. Cause, and he brings yeah. in like uh, woodwinds and, and, you know, strings, of course. Um, so there's kind of that texture that's like second verse time period. yeah that's right um they and they bring in the the pedal steel a bit earlier yeah but it's still there yeah it's is it does it come in earlier because i hear it just I like it, two oh, seconds before the yeah i guess it just leads the bridge so maybe it doesn't it really just come leads in, in rather than kind of coming in with it kind of put that note in the wrong place <laughs> but yeah hey it is there and like yeah, I don't. There's not like a ton. They, they. It's more even, I would say, than the original. In that, like the yeah. the original, the bridge really feels like a change, but it doesn't feel like much of a change in this one. It's kind of smoother. Yeah, and maybe it's just knowing the carpenter's voice or something. But 
Whereas the the Skeeter Davis version has a little bit of like raw sadness to it. Like it's a little naive person being like, oh, oh, they know the world's ended. I'm sad. This one's like Karen Carpenter singing a popular song. Maybe I'm just being cynical, but. Right. It doesn't sound like much more than Karen Carpenter singing a song. Yeah. She's got a nice voice. It doesn't have the same like emotional hook to it for me. It doesn't feel like she's like sad necessarily. She always kind of sounds a bit melancholy. Yeah, in the Carpenter's I feel stuff, like I'm I've supposed heard. to come off of this being just impressed by how well she sings, rather than rather than like, like impressed with oh, the, the content or emotion of the song. Is, this is sad. Yeah, because like I mean, look at this song. Look at I don't know other Carpenter songs. Sing is a song they do. Um, yeah, calling occupants of interplanetary craft. <laughs> they have a cover of that song, and uh, hey, they all yeah. kind of have that that kind of sadish, but not really like sound to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Superstar is another like one pleasant. of those that's sad. Yeah. So uh, they got all sorts of sad shit. This one ends on a big, long vocal sustain from her too, just to to really show off her chops at the end. Good right. Ball. She can hold it. <laughs> and um, and then for they don't they don't do the spoken word <laughs> part. Just wanted to point that out. Either yeah. just like Hermit's Hermits did not. But it actually yeah. what the, about at the very end, a yeah, guy comes ahead. in and starts to talk. Ah, what memories, what memories. <laughs> That's Tony Peluso. Um, he also does a radio voice in Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft. Okay, so they just have a guy they, they know to, a guy, to throw. Yeah, who, they, they, who does the radio voice for them sometimes. And what was that something people wanted on albums I've, back in I've, I have no idea. I know it leads into the next song. I did listen. So it doesn't get cut off on the album. But okay. yeah, right. he's just, the best he was like a producer me. or something that really shook things up is what if <laughs> this song was in the context of being on a radio station? How does that change things? Yeah. What, what happens then? Um, it reminds me of, so it's the guy I'm trying to remember the actor's name, uh, in Bojack Horseman, one of the later episodes, I think in the last season, there was like. There was like a uh, t- there were like two reporters who were trying to dig up some dirt on Bojack. That's right. Um, the the guy and his name is um. Uh, he's he's in New Girl. That's <laughs> that's what I'm searching. So I can't remember. It's like Max Greenfield. Maximilian Max Green- Banks. Max Greenfield, just doing like a voice. That's what he sounds oh, like. Max Obviously Greenfield. not the same guy, yeah, yeah, but they're yeah. doing like the same kind of voice. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. that like old timey radio ass sound yeah. voice. Anyway. Oh my god, that's Max Greenfield doing that voice. Weird. Yeah. In Bojack. Weird, Obviously weird not in this because he's in, in Bojack, way too yeah, young no, to well, be. Well, yeah, not in this. We <laughs> Carpenter's uh, album. Uh, that's that's uh, Tony Peluzzi. That's Tony Peluso. Peluso, house close. Well, yeah. Anyway, Peluso, yeah. it's probably time to talk about Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd, but not that Judge Dredd. No, it's just spelled the regular way. Don't I know it's the end of the world? It ended when you said goodbye. I wake up in the morning. Yeah, this is a an English ska and reggae artist. Apparently, yeah. the first white artist to have a reggae hit in Jamaica. So, that's cool. Yeah. 
Um, and he has a record for having the most songs banned by the BBC for sexual innuendo and double entendre. Because he just likes to tell some good old, good old fashioned dick jokes. Yeah, buddy. I didn't pick up on anything in this one, though. This is just a no. reggae cover. Of also, song. another little fun fact. Apparently, also used to be a bouncer and once provided security for the Rolling Stones. That's Actually, fun. It says a couple times here in my notes. So once a couple of times. Did security for him. Um, if you wanted end of the world but reggae, you got it, baby. You sure do. It definitely... Yeah, it kind of has the more laid-back sound, changes up the rhythm a bit for that. The intro's longer. I don't know if it's just, like, giving you time to sink into the rhythm. Maybe that's the Yeah, because you gotta idea. adapt. Your white yeah. ears need time to adapt what, to this crazy what is this? sound. But it still has, like, strings and stuff. Like, it still has yeah, a lot of elements strings, of the woodwinds. So it's not, like, crazy different. You know? Yeah, it's really not an outlandish cover. Um, besides having like reggae beat. Yeah, even with like the, the rhythm difference and like there's more of an organ, but it's really just kind of playing the skank along with the guitar. Because there's got to be a skank. Yeah. It's still reggae. Yeah, um, so that skank comes in with the yeah. vocals and then it's like, oh, we're in, the, we're in the reggae zone. Yeah, and like other than that, he kind of moves stuff around. It almost seems like he's just singing whatever lyrics he remembers at that time. Like, he mixes right. and matches verses. He skips the second verse also, so there's more bridges in this one. Right. Um, and then, yeah, his verse is like, oh, his second verse is actually the first line of verse two, and then the second line of verse three, so he's kind of doing that sort of thing. So it's probably actually measured, but it, yeah, it almost seems like he's just doing whatever he remembers. Yeah, So I, and like we said, discussing the lyrics, you can pretty much pop them out and swap them for yeah, the most part. it doesn't like make that much of a difference moving them around. Yeah. Where's like he's talking now about he's also got like a, or whatever. Okay. Yeah, he's got like a full female uh, choir backing him on this as well. Or at least uh, more than one woman. I don't know if I'd call it a full choir, but He's got some, some he's got some backup. He's got some backup singers. Yeah, yeah. doing a lot of backup harmon harmonization. Um they kind of they mostly come in or they first come in at the bridge. The bridge is actually kind of mm -hmm. interesting because that's when like the arrangement kind of actually gets up high. Like there's flutes and strings and stuff that get up pretty high. Um, yeah. And there's some pretty cool bass runs, I thought, too. Yeah, it's definitely like reggae bass. He gets yeah. to do little grooves instead of just doing like chord changes. Which is fun. It's fun. Yeah. But that kind of, that's kind of it. Yeah, he does some like vocal la di da di dums at the end. Oh, of right the at the end, song. la 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 la, etc. La la la, etc. It et doesn't make for a very exciting version. Now, it's a lot it's of. It's a fine version, but like it's. <laughs> yeah, I maybe expected a little more grit from a reggae version, but it's it feels not that. Yeah. Should have done a ska version. Speed it up. Yeah. More speed horns. It up. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, but yeah. Really he I mean he messes yeah. with the structure a bit, but it's almost yeah, it's not like super noticeable. And yeah, uh, I wonder if maybe it's the clinging to the the more orchestral instruments, like the strings and the and the flute. It is like, yeah, it's an staples. odd feel it's an odd odd sound 
that he does that. It, and it doesn't feel like he's kind of an edgy guy because he likes yeah. to do his like his jokes. Let's his, talk about his penises his on the du- air. Double entendre, as yeah. as some say. I don't usually say it that way, but I heard a British person Wait. say it that way one time. So oh, I assume British this guy people. would say it that way. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's none of that in here. It's it's not a single dick joke unless I completely missed it. But he doesn't change the lyrics at all. So it's like, was there a dick joke in the original? I don't think so. Well, maybe end is like he's talking about butts. <laughs> It's the end of the world. It's the, it's butt, the butt of, of the, the world. world. Yeah. Hey. Too Matt just doing this song, otherwise straight, but just replacing it like end of the world, butt of the world. I guess you could yeah. do that with any song where you could just randomly replace a word with butt, and it'd be like kind of funny, but probably wouldn't be funny for very long. Like it. Yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't know if that joke has legs, but also if you did it enough, it might come around to being funny again. Yeah, you got to commit to that. That's yeah. uh, you know, it's low gains at the start, but then high gains later. Yeah, it's a definitely you know delayed gratification kind of joke. If it would work at all, yeah. you'd really have to sell it. If at all, it's, it's delayed very, it's to no gratification. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so now, best it, of luck. I, I didn't come up in my research. Do we know why he's called Judge Dredd? Can you just call yourself Judge Dredd? I think you can. I mean, did he come first? He must. I don't know when the comics. Comics came in 77, I believe. So, he would have been... Oh, this is also... So, he would have been before that. I don't really know what came first. I don't know if it means something. Yeah. What, a dread, like, dreadlocks? Is he a dreadlock judge? Oh, maybe. Maybe that's where that came from. Does he dread judgment? Because his name is actually Alexander Hughes. Yeah, his name is not actually Judge Dredd, strangely enough. And he likes to name himself names that start with J, because he's also known as Judge Dredd, Jason Sinclair, Jamie Kent, and J.D. Alex. Hmm. Anyway. Getting a little off topic. Well, oh, no, we're on topic, baby. We are, topic that's is... true. We're talking about Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. Strange name choice. Kind of a boring cover version. Let's talk about Twiggy in 2003. Don't they know it's the end of the world? Cause you don't love me anymore. Let's talk about Twiggy. And now I can say this is that Twiggy. That's that Twiggy. Because last time we talked about an artist called Twiggy, I said it's Twiggy, but not that Twiggy. Yes. This is that This twiggy. is the Twiggy whose body is on the image of our podcast. But not face. Uh, not her face. Yes. Like prominent and I guess influential like model and artist from the kind of 60s yeah, through... She's a, she's a dame. Today? You know yeah. She's, she's... What is it? Dame Leslie Lawson. Dame Leslie Lawson. Is her name... Nay Hornsby, Hornby, not Hornsby. I don't know Hornsby. if. Uh... Yeah, because um, when she took finally, when she took the picture on the front of on our, on our with stuff. thing, uh, yeah. she would have been Hornby, I think, or possibly Whitney. Whitney. No, Hornby. Anyway, well, I'm getting distracted. So she, Leslie Lawson, Twiggy. That's right. Is just mm-hmm. someone that I'm vaguely familiar with, but I've not listened to her music before. 
She's the. Well, what'd you think of this? The Funtikind. Um, I liked this one actually. Yeah, me too. It's very, very sparse. All right, let's talk about Annika. No. Yeah, it was yeah, cool. Very sparse. Um, she keeps it like first half is like pretty much just acapella. Lots of echo on her voice. No accompaniment at all. At least for the first verse. And then the second verse is like just backup vocals. It adds backup vocals. Gets a little spicy with the with the harmonies. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and they only join for like some of the lines. Uh, oh, they also join on like the words. They do the ooze and then they actually have some words later. Yeah, they do the end of the world. Um, but but yeah, it's, it starts to get a little spicy. Just a little bit. Now, by spicy, is that is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing, I think. Like, interesting. Okay. Like, okay. harmonies that yeah. I wouldn't necessarily yeah. expect. It reminds me yeah. of a Queen song, You Take My Breath Away. Oh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Some of the ways they do I the see harmonies. That. I hear that. Yeah, so we get a, a big sense of, like, space on this one. Because it is, like, her and Echo... And then these like heavenly backup vocals as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I guess it, it does. It kind of plays into like the isolation, really. Because mm-hmm. that's what the song's about. So isolating the singer and just letting them sing the song is a pretty effective way of doing this. Even yeah. uh, even like the bridge goes back to that. Like they bring in those backup vocalists, but then when she gets into the bridge, she starts she's on her own again. At least at first, and then they understand for they they come in for some lines. Yeah, they come in for like I can't understand, especially. And uh, yeah, it does. It's like and I wonder and I can't understand. So yeah, but yeah, a lot of it's just letting her do her thing. No, you go ahead. Nope, that's it. Oh, you you, okay? Fine. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they also repeat uh, the way it does. She says, her life goes on the way it does. Yeah, she repeats. She doesn't repeat does. the end, though. Um, this is fun. The other thing you start to notice around this point is... Um, a Spanish guitar. Not quite there yet. But yes, a guitar does come in uh, for after the bridge. But um, like the, the way the vocals are done, they like kind of overload it and they crackle. Yeah, you do hear some crackling in the track. Yeah, when it really gets to that intensity, so they really like hit that that edge, and that's cool. But it's like just a bit; it doesn't do much um, of that. But it does; it's there, and it kind of gives you that feeling of like it. it it's like more kind of gut wrenching, I guess. Like you know, yeah. of, of reaching the limit, basically, which is kind of the song is about just being so sad, and now you're implying that you're reaching your limit uh, that makes sense right as a metaphor <laughs> yeah you're reaching the end of the the, the recording capabilities yeah so as you're, well as you're the overloading the, the ability of the technology to to hold your emotions yeah and they're spilling out spilling out they're spilling into over the world I, I agree alex yeah Oh, and then, so after that, that bridge where we get that intensity, we get like five seconds of an instrument. Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit of guitar, eh? Yeah. It sounds cool, too, though, because it's like the guitar is playing. It does the kind of the verse melody. 
um, or like close to it as the vocal harmonies continue. So there's still a ton of vocal harmonies. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of, this is like your replacement for the spoken word bit. Yeah. And then that's when you get the like, ooh, and then like, that's very, you take my breath away in my opinion. A little bit of queen there. And uh, yeah, it definitely has that vocal quality. Yeah. She and then she finishes the verse. So the yeah, the guitar's gone again. Yeah, like it's barely there. And then of course, like you might expect, um, once we get towards the end of this track, we strip away the backing vocals too, and then it's just her saying the the final. Yeah, line. and then well, she gets like I guess there's still backup vocals, but if you go even going into the fourth verse, they like mm-hmm. turn down the echo. So, yeah, like, that's it, right. She's so more you lose on some of that, like, yeah, we lose that space, and it really it confines us at the end. Yeah, so she kind of like, like it builds, but then she kind of like ends it on her own, really. Yeah, it's easily the best acapella version we've talked about of any kind on Cover Me. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a really cool version, and there's a really cool sound to it. Yeah, very cool. The first one we've been excited about yet today. Yeah, the first one we've been excited about today. So, hey, maybe things are turning around in the latter half here. Oh, let's find out. Let's find out as we move into Annika in 2010. British and German singer songwriter, musician, political journalist, and poet. Yeah. Uh, she definitely has some like velvet underground influences. Oh yeah. Um, notably, like I was reading her Wikipedia page, it mentioned she was chosen by Portishead to perform at the ATP "I'll Be Your Mirror" festivals, which, of course, ATP is All Tomorrow's Parties and. Ultimate, yeah, and I'll be your mirror. Those are both Velvet Underground references, so she's kind of in that vein. There's like some kind of noise rock stuff going on, some experimental type type sound stuff. Yeah, a lot of distortion, a lot of crunching, a guitar that seems to be divorced from the rest of the song. Just making sound, like it came yeah. In from a, a different track and was like, hey, I'll hang out here, I guess. <laughs> and make some sound and do some like feedbacky I, things and kind of screech along. Yeah. And even her vocal performance is a little reminiscent of Nico, and maybe just because she's German, so we're getting some of that in her vocals, but I don't know. I don't know, dog. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's a little bit of that deadpan thing, Uh, but also a lot of effects. You know, it's very echoey. A lot of this kind of sounds like it was recorded down a hall. A very like yeah. I I wrote that this sounds like it was made fifty years ago, (laughs) not in twenty ten, eleven years ago. Yeah. Uh yeah, and that's kind of that's the, the drums sound in, in this, this one. are very consistent, <laughs> like immensely plain compared to the guitar and even the vocal track. Yeah, it's also like it has a different feel to it. Yeah, this has the feeling of when you like you know when you're a kid and you're like, oh, if I put all these sauces and mix them together, it's gonna taste crazy, and they really just kind of end up being like two separate sauces or three it just or tastes like you put mouth. all those sauces on something and they don't like complement each other in any way yeah like, yeah that's all, all those things yeah in the same space that's kind of what each part each component of this song feels like 
Yeah, sometimes it like doesn't the, feel like it really like syncs up, but it's kind of trying to do, I guess, the like avant-garde noise rock thing. Yeah. And it does. It does do that. It does. And uh and coming from the rest of the playlist here, like this was exciting because you're like, oh man, something somebody's different. trying something yeah. different. Um, doesn't quite land for me like the Twiggy version did though. Yeah, it's not as affecting. For mm-hmm. sure. Um but yeah, it was it was it was interesting and worth listening to. Yeah. That's what I worth think. Worth listening to. Yeah. Uh the guitar gets like pretty noisy too. Lots of that screeching uh as it goes. Yeah. So I mean if you're really into that, there's some in here. I'm I'm kind of into that, so I, I had a I had a decent time here. Um, yeah. But I mean drawing again on the Velvet Underground comparison yeah compared to something like that it it never felt it never felt like it came together as well i agree no as, as and that's the other books. thing is we just talked about the velvet underground and <laughs> right so like that album is so fresh in my head right now that to hear something like this it like really pales in comparison like there's no way you can match that sort of chaos they had on that album yeah although i mean it does i th- almost wonder if the the chaos is more supposed to be Rhythmic. Mm. Because, like, I mean, she's singing the original, which is, like, six-eighths or twelve-eighths, and then the drums don't sound like they're playing that, you know? Right. And and the guitar doesn't sound like it's playing any rhythm at all <laughs> uh, a lot of the time, even though I'm Yeah, no, it sure truly it sounds like it's divorced from rhythm. Uh, it's just like... Meh, 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 so, yeah, that kind of seems to be... What's going on in this one? Is playing around with, yeah. with with meter in that way? Maybe, maybe that's the secret, and it it didn't play for me, but yeah, I still thought it was pretty cool overall. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe it's one of those ones you have to listen to a couple more times. Maybe will I do that though? Yeah, yeah. probably not. It's unlikely. All right, Alex, let's talk about today's last minute entry, a, a swap out. Swap out. We, we took out Cindy Lauper so we could talk about Scarlet and Disher in 2013. Because once again, this playlist needed some diversity in sounds oh yeah and i think this version has that it's got something it definitely what it's got two people from hamilton ontario from hamilton ontario it does scarlet and disher i assume it's their names i forgot to look that up there wasn't a lot of um yeah so the the laura scarlet and david disher so david disher does like the production work on this and scarlet provides the vocals so they're almost like a carpenter's situation yeah vocals. i guess like a modern carpenter yeah. situation now this one uh again we're go- we're moving back into the like gentler feeling yeah um, after the last two which didn't really have that um and it's pretty much again just to like describe the central conceit on on the top at the top that's how i say that mm-hmm. um it's it's a lot of instruments, I think, but they have a very like heavy echo, so they start to like interact and distort in in strange ways. 
Yeah, it's like a a wall of sound that is crumbling around itself. So yeah. there's like an arpeggio of synth instruments. Yeah, it sounds like there's like maybe some guitar in there. Stuff, probably some guitar. I wouldn't say bells, but that's probably synth. Um, it all kind of blends yeah. together. Uh, the The album's called the Dream EP, so I think it's supposed to sound dreamy. Which, yeah. Yeah, and I think from reading reasonable. their descriptions of themselves, that's kind of their whole vibe. Is that like sort of dream pop? Yeah, and yeah. and I mean they, I think created a, a decent soundscape here. It's not really my genre, but uh, mm-hmm. the interesting parallel I would draw with the original, other than the fact that it's yeah. the same song, uh, we were talking about in the original that the sounds kind of blended together because of the way it was recorded. Because uh, it's just like an older recording, and right. maybe things weren't separated as well, so it was kind of hard to tell one thing from another. And this really takes that to the extreme, because like I don't know what instruments are on this really. They're all just kind of blending yeah. together into this. And there's like the, the shape of the arpeggio of the original on piano, but like I don't think it's actually playing that. It's just like a like a loose outline, kind of moving in that direction. But yeah, you don't get those distinct notes necessarily in the same way yeah um and then it sort of builds up a bit when she goes to the Uh, it it kind of builds throughout like there's a big jump in the there's a big jump for sure um but once we get to the bridge we start to get kind of like you can just sort of almost make out like maybe what is a more distorted guitar being played um it doesn't change that much, but you start to hear a little bit more distortion in that melange of sounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, but it, yeah, it it kind of builds throughout, and then, uh, and then, yeah, like you said, once it gets to that fourth verse, she does do like a jump up. I don't know. Yeah, it jumps up. Everything kind of increases with her, and then we tear down from there for the finish. Yeah. And then it sort of gives it some time at the end. Like, it gets fairly discordant getting into the end. So, yeah, there's sort of a building throughout the song in the the instrumental track, but it it comes to its peak in that fourth verse in the Why Does My Heart Keep On Beating. Yeah, she really jumps up there. Uh, The background stuff does, too. Adds that there's that like buried hard edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because once you you can hear some of the instruments, they do actually have like a lot of distortion going on. Like you mentioned, there's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of bite to it. Yeah, but it it gets kind of buried, but you can hear it mm-hmm. kind of. Um, and then that stays really like into the kind of the like outro section. Um, there's still that kind of discordant sound, uh, but then the end really gives it some time to sit just just a little bit uh, and then you can kind of yeah have some time with the like ambient tr- track and then it yeah that's the end of it that's the end of it yeah it's a, a nice sweet little dreamy piece you know i'm not always in favor of these these dream pop things where it's like ooh you could fall asleep to this maybe but i i do like this one i think i don't know i don't know why like i what could qualify this as different from those but those are my feelings, Alex. What do you think about my feelings? Yeah, I mean, it, it has a bit of grit to it, I think. That helps, mm-hmm. you know? It's not just pleasant dreams. Yeah, there's like almost something sinister underneath, right? Yeah, and dreams 
Like, dreams aren't always pleasant and floaty. They can be weird and sometimes scary. That's so, right. Especially if it's a dream of the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. Or if it's related to a breakup or something. Yeah, so, or like showing up naked at school. Yeah, not that they go crazy in this one. Like I said, the, the really hard edge part is, is very much buried, but it's there. Yeah, it's there, the and it's it's you know it's tucked in nicely. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a like we've said it's sort of an amorphous backing instrumental. Like you can't fully appreciate any one single track in it, but it makes something that I, I assume is <laughs> is greater than the sum of its parts. Like it definitely benefits from having that uh, that shared confusion, that, that bit of a wall sound. Yeah, that yeah. blend. There's a good word for it, Alex. Melange, blend, mix. Melange, blend, mix, combination. Uh, another word. Sharon Van Etten is the next word <laughs> of the day. Sharon Van Etten. Don't know it's the end of the world Cause you don't love me anymore Yes, this is the, the first one I heard. And I was like, oh shit, I know this song. Yeah, um, so this is 2017. Yep. Um, we talked about her before. We talked about her on the Velvet Underground episode. Uh, talked about her on the Flaming Lips episode. She's an American singer-songwriter. Yeah. Um, Van means of in Dutch, so she's Sharon of Eden. Great. How do you like that, Alex? I like that just fine. Yeah, we talked about her on the Velvet Underground. She did the cover of uh, Femme Fatale. Very, very slow version of Femme Fatale. That's right. And here's their version of The End of the World, which was apparently, I don't think it was in the Man in the High Castle series, uh, which I have not watched, uh, but it was in at least a trailer. I also saw okay. someone put together what appeared to be a fan trailer with like Ooh. an epic trailer version of this song, but it was not Sharon Van Etten. It was, you know, one of the epic trailer people. Mm-hmm. So... Did you see The Man in the High Castle? I did not. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I read the book. Yeah. But I didn't watch the series. Okay. Because who's got time for that? Nazis in America, is that the one? Yeah, I think the Axis wins World War II, and then America's kind of split between Japan and Germany. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's like the setup. Um. Well, More stuff happens, but like that's <laughs> that's the beginning. Yeah, that's like, that's it's your out, basic premise. Um, so this version kind of sounds just like a like an updated version. Yeah, this is this really seems to be like they, I I don't know that it was commissioned, but I think it was made for the show, and they were like, "Hey, make us like this song," and she did really like the big difference is well, one, it's more modernized. You can kind of pick out the tracks better. Um, yeah, but like the the piano doesn't play just a straight arpeggio the whole time. It's kind of more of like a jazzy piano part, so it right. just kind of plays in the chords. And I don't know if it's any sort of improvising, but it definitely just kind of plays like little parts in between lines more than anything else. And chords. That's right. Yeah, chords. chords. And we get a bigger like instrumental intro on this in general. So these strings coming in, there's light piano. This boo doo 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 doo. So it's a little fuller in the intro before we get those vocals in. True. And that jazz piano. Yeah. 
Yeah, it feels... And it's more of like a jazz big band feeling, I think. Which is maybe more what the yeah. uh, what the show is going for, perhaps. You still do get that really plotting bass, though, which kind of ties it to a more country Right, right. and they bring in the, the steel, the pedal steel. Jazz, though. Um, yeah. So they have that part in, too. Um, they also... Uh, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Right. Um, I, the, the rhythm is more prominent in this one. Kind of get more of a feel mm. for the rhythm, which I, I liked that. The drums really get covered up in the original. And I don't know that that's do- like, this feels more like a slow dance almost. Right. Well, yeah, you get a very clear, it's almost a metronome on that drum. Yeah. It's like a real drum. Yeah, beat. I guess that's it. You feel the, the rhythm more in this one, or the rhythm is tighter, I think. Right. Um, I can believe that. Versus the original. It's just a different feeling, that's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, she doesn't do the spoken word verse on this, though. Doesn't she? No. Oh. She, she said no to that. She- she I mean, kind of she does. does it, but she doesn't speak it. In in at two eighteen. Two eighteen. Let's see here. Oh shit, she does too. I fucked up. <laughs> I lied. Um, she does it, which not many versions do that. No. Um, but this one does. Hey hey. This one does. Hey hey. <laughs> so, um, there's also a sound there. It could be strings. But is this a theremin for like a second? Um, let me see. What's that around 218? Yeah, somewhere in that verse. Let me see here. Is that you thinking of those backing vocals? I'm trying to listen for it again. That's that part <laughs> that goes <laughs> Yeah, that is that is backup vocals. Ha! I took them for backing vocals. I think it is backup. I think you're right. It's just humming. Yeah, I think it would be a little, with a lot a little of harsher with a theremin, right? Yeah. A little bit more like, oh, Yeah, maybe. Uh, singing saw. Singing human. Perhaps a singing saw. Singing, uh, like, other tool. Yeah, the singing hammer. You just, like, hit stuff and they kind of ring. Hit but yeah, this stuff. one really is just yeah. like a... It's like an, an update. Uh, that said, I like her straight. voice. She and sounds good. Eh. It's a decent, decent arrangement. It's just not like that interesting uh, of a change. I, it feels to me like a more solid version than like The Carpenters, for example. But I don't know yeah, exactly why. I agree with that. Maybe it's just like more polished and modern. Yeah, it could be. And I'm reacting polished to that. Polished and modern, right? So it appeals to our sensibilities. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this sounds like sounds like a song should sound. When it is in a trailer for a for a television, or I guess a, a series, a, I want to say Amazon Prime series? I think it's an Amazon Prime series, Alex. And now that we've said Amazon Prime, they got to give us... That means bucks. they have to pay us, right? We know how That's much right. Amazon pay likes out. to give people money. Uh, okay, people. That's all we got to say about this version. That's our last version today. Yeah. So... It's time for our final verdicts. We have three categories today. We've got the worst version, the best version, and the version you would play if the world you woke up and the world was ending. If there was a cataclysmic event and you had time to play just one version of the end of the world, 
What would it Just be? one. Alex, what's the worst version of this? What is the worst version? I think the one that like did the least and was kind of the least interesting was probably the Carpenters. And again, like I say this a lot lately, but I didn't really think it was bad. But it didn't have much going for it. Herman's Hermits like almost had something, but they didn't quite make yeah. it. And the Carpenters just uh yeah, didn't really have much of anything at all. And the other versions all sure have something. Who would argue that that like the Carpenters version is good. But like you said, it's not necessarily that it's not a a good version. It's just not a great version. Yeah, like honestly, I would listen to it as probably as soon as I would listen to the original. Yeah. They're both. Um, both I think with that, fine. I think you're right, and it's like Judge Dredd wasn't that fucking interesting, and I had high True. hopes for him. But, but like, like you know, it changes some things up with the rhythm, change. and at least there was a couple of different things. And uh, like maybe that's being a bit too much of a neophile. I don't know, but I guess maybe yeah, it's just maybe. okay to like things that are novel. Maybe that's just fine. Yeah, and I think, yeah, we've been doing this for so long, you know. It's <laughs> right. Like, and when you listen to 10 versions of the same song or eight versions this week, it's like, give me something that sounds at least a little different. <laughs> yeah. Carpenters ain't um, it. Yeah. Carpenters, come on, guys. Let's get it together. I thought you guys were good at this. <laughs> um, or his version. Yeah. Alex, best version. Best version. Why is it Twiggy? Why is it Twiggy? Twiggy edges him out for being very affecting, more so than the others. And as much as I thought there was cool stuff in Annika, and as much as I did like Scarlet and Disher, actually, Twiggy's just, like, there's something about just, like, dropping everything out and, like, still doing a really good job. You know? Mm-hmm. That is just impressive. You know? It's, it's a bigger job, I think. Like, there's not a lot of production to hide behind. And yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah, and I think really the production it. that was done on it was made to sort of enhance the, the vibe. So when we get a bit of that echo and then we turn it off at the end, we go, oh, oh, and it's cool. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a big move to say, hey, take the instruments off this. Because I think the piano and strings play a huge role in giving us some of that emotional punch in the original. Yeah, and giving it, it that melancholy sound, especially with the strings, for sure. Yeah, so to take that away and be like, well, I'm still going to nail it and I'm going to sound good doing it is is nuts and it paid off and yeah i think twiggy's got to be the best version also think we got to stop agreeing on episodes so much. <laughs> we're on a bit of a hot streak that does seem to happen a lot is it that we agree with each other more or is that we're doing l- like less good versions that are interesting and we like does that make sense maybe well, the, 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 our hopeful but goal that's was just to have more chance. good interesting versions yeah yeah. And there's also the argument that through discussing these, we reach a consensus. That does seem to happen, definitely at times. Yeah. Sometimes I get swayed by something you say. I'm like, I don't know, he's right. You like, have this, a good point. This is yeah. a good song or whatever. This is nice. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't even always but, decide how I feel about a song like before we talk about it. You know? Yeah, I come in with like a loose idea generally, so, and then sometimes that gets flipped. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm like, oh, you you make a solid argument. So yeah, we're most of this is just you know us agreeing with each other. The show. Yeah, that's uh, agree with me. But maybe that's uh, what the wild card category is for. We do the wild card category maybe. because it's meaningless, yeah, and that way we can wild. just pick one at random. And if Alex, it's, it's the them. end of the world. It's the end of the world. Been chosen to broadcast can, that message to everybody. Only one. A poor taste. <laughs> 
and like really cryptic because yeah uh it's not explicitly saying anything which version am i listening to i'm i feel like there's gonna be a lot of anger at the end of the world and i i just need some some discord to hash that out so i gotta say annika annika's the one i just need some noise to drown everything out yeah 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 I'm going to go for the, like the opposite approach, kind of tuck that noise into a bit of dreaminess and go with the Scarlet and Disher version. Disher. Just to kind of keep it at a distance. Be like, hey, hey we can, the end of the world is yeah, it's fine. still a little ways away, right? There's something there. You can still feel it, but uh, let's ignore it if we can. Let's ignore it if we can. Just a little bit. Just a little longer. What you can't ignore is the fact that that's our final verdicts. Yeah. If you've got a similar opinion, different opinion, or want to talk about one of the many versions we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at JakeTheCressy, at some Alex Wise guy. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting apps that do it. We're on all the good ones. Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple. You know the ones. Tell your friends about us because we don't have a marketing budget. We don't know your friends or else we just tell them ourselves. Be sure to email us as well. We're at covermepod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. Let us know. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about because we love to talk about stuff. That's the end of the episode. And as we always say on Cover Me, don't they know it's the end of Cover Me? It ended when the snake said, goodbye.